Yeah, man. Frabes. Pabs. So glad to see you and to see Pablo's um, day bed. Bedroom, yeah. Clickety clacker clackers. Yeah, sorry. I'll, uh, everything will calm down shortly here. Is this a good time to run for coffee? No, because we're recording. Oh, we are. <laughs> you always do that. You always jump That's when we're yakking. Yeah, no, like- you can run for coffee, though, if you want. All right, I want to know what's new with you, Dave. Give me the lowdown. Okay, so I'm not. What's new? What's new with everybody? Freaking novel coronavirus, novel COVID-19 coronavirus t- times. And how was your week? Were there ups? Were there downs? Uh, it's been a, for me. It's been a good, uh, a pretty good week. Um, you know, those first couple of days, I just went down a. Can we say an elf hole? Yeah, a, yeah. more like a, a troll hole. Yeah, and just well, not a troll hole, but I, uh, I just did. I I spent a whole day just researching and and trying to get to the bottom of what was happening. Um, and you know, it just felt like shifting sands under my psychic. Uh, feet yeah and um and it made and i had a panic attack and um That's uh, a bummer. and i kept on taking my temperature and it kept on getting higher and higher and i was a couple de- degrees high and then later i re- and i think i contacted you guys about that or sent you this, yeah. uh, message about that and i was really worried that i had it and um uh turns out that a pa- that anxiety can raise your temperature. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So keep that in mind, folks. If anybody is listening to this, um, yeah. So that that was the deal with me. But uh, since then, you know, I think that uh, you know, I've I've limited my information diet to uh, uh, maybe only checking the news four four or five or seven times a day instead of. 50 times or a hundred yeah. times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and I've been getting in a, a lot more exercise. Um, just, you know, whenever I feel anxiety coming up, I go for a walk and I feel I'm very lucky to live in a neighborhood where there's sort of natural so, social distancing um, where, you know, I can always stay uh, far away from people if I want um yeah do you see many people out oh yeah yeah I'm looking out the window right now and uh yeah I can see three four four people right now just yeah everybody's kind of out you know it's beautiful spring weather um you know for Minnesota um people have been around the lakes like crazy 45 degrees yeah, yeah, and that worries me. And um, in fact, so last night I rode my bike to Kathy's in St. Paul, and um, I stayed off the bike paths. You know, I'm I'm worried about the plumes of of breath that people are leaving behind them. You know, as they w- go down the paths, and you know, I don't I don't really trust the whole thing of six feet distancing. Well, what if the person is breathing and the, and their breath is uh, and the wind is blowing their breath right into your face? How long can the virus survive in the air? It looks like it's a aerosolized virus uh, that we, you know, according to Osterholm, Michael Osterholm, who I think is kind of the guru on all this stuff. um, He's been talking about this sort of thing for years and has scared me for years um, yeah, he said that, uh, the, the amount of, of viruses being picked up off of surfaces is probably incidental. It's probably a small amount of the transmission that most of it, at least if it behaves like other viruses, um, most of it is picked up from the air. You know, we breathe it, we breathe, yeah. breathe it in aerosolized, uh, particles, um, we're so, so yeah, that's why we should be aware of which way the wind is blowing and where people are in respect to us and all that kind of stuff. Are you wearing a mask when you go out? Um, I have. I, yesterday I went and got an oil change. Um, and, uh, you know, I went, I dropped off the car in, in front of the garage. I called in 
uh, with my credit card stuff before, dropped off mm-hmm. the car, um, got, uh, took the, the key off the ring, just left the one key in there and also brought an extra key with, with me. And so when I got to the shop, I used the, I had a mask and rubber gloves on when I got into the car and, um, opened up all the windows, uh, with my rubber gloves, I set the the key that the guy had touched on the floor. Um, drove it home, sprayed it down, all, everything, all the surface down with alcohol. Left the car in the sun, closed it up, and then you know I haven't uh, been in the car since then. I, and then I changed my my pa- my clothes after I got home because I touched you know the seats and stuff. <laughs> you um did you strip naked outside your front door? <laughs> Yes, well, I've, yeah, I've, I've been uh, pretty much naked throughout. I, That's what uh, I'm hoping you know. for as I go off. <laughs> People will be coming back from errands and stripping by their front door. So we can two, only hope. Two, two things that I would like to reflect on um, based on your comments. One, um, I think it's important to remember that um, we're dealing with uh, statistical risk, right? And that uh, the behaviors that we engage in, like washing hands and all these other kinds of things, are very important because um, they skew the the numbers in our collective favor, right? In other words, um, the more you wash your hands, the more you social distance and so on and so forth, uh, the greater likelihood it won't spread um, and w- our health systems won't become overwhelmed. That said, there is a, a point at where you're mitigating your risk to such an extent that um, the risk of dying in a car accident, say, becomes greater or so on and so forth. All that to say, I, I think taking the steps you're taking are important because um, you're not just taking them for you. You're taking them for us as well. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yes. But um, but I think that that also there is a a strong likelihood you'll get it just like a lot of us will get it. There's yeah. I just want to get it later. I want to get it after they've kind of figured the thing out. And after the uh, intensive care units are, right. are, you know, ha- right. able to handle all this stuff. And um, yeah. Right. Right. I'm just saying, I, I know for myself that sometimes I obsess over certain kinds of risks and I am oblivious to, or, almost comforted by other things that are in fact much riskier. You know what I mean? And I'm not speaking with respect to this per se, but with respect to heart health and cancer risk and those kinds of things, where if you're a middle-aged person, you've had a talk with your doctor about heart health and about cancer and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, there, there's only so much you can do. You can be as uh, mindful as possible and all it takes is one, sick guy showing up to work and, um, you know, breathing on you the wrong way. Um, there's only so much you can do Yeah. not to applaud your efforts. I'm applauding your efforts. I'm just saying, um, consider the, the, uh, pull of driving ourselves crazy. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for oh. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I the second, that. The second thing I wanted to mention was I watched a ridiculous movie last night from 1970 called um, uh, Would Andra- You Talk? No, Would You Talk to a Naked Lady or something like that. It's basically an it's an Alan Funt movie. You remember Alan Funt? Oh, yeah, yeah. Camera? Yeah. And Alan Funt in, made movies? <laughs> yeah, he did. He made a bunch of Candid Candid movies. And this is basically a Candid Candid movie. Uh, and it it's it's a weird... It's a really interesting movie. Is it a porno? Well, there is a weird sexploitation vibe to it. It's it's very strange. But then he also does these interviews with people from the 70s about race and sex. And and those parts are golden. But then it's couched in these sort of, um, you know, candid, candy, candid, candid camera, naked lady walking down the street things. It's it's very strange. <laughs> awesome. And some of it is terrible. Wait, what's and this the, called? Will you t- I'll, I'll, I'll text you a link. Yeah. And the worst part of it is that each of these sections, like, you know, they have a bit where a naked lady comes out of an elevator. 
each of these sections are prefaced by a song of what would you do if the naked lady came out of an elevator? <laughs> they're literal <laughs> and they describe the bit that they're doing and the songs are haunting. Oh, speaking of okay, right speaking. Okay. Yeah. Text that. Uh, speaking of that, um, yeah. I've gotten um, Kathy into one of my favorite, 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 favorite <laughs> shows ever, um, which is uh, Patriot. Have you guys seen Patriot? Mm-mm. Oh, dude. Who's in it? It's it a is so good. I think it's I think it's on Amazon Prime. Well, anyway, Patriot, write it down. Um it's it, it's a song or it's a um show two seasons um so far um about a guy who's sort of a CIA agent slash folk singer. Um, his cover, his cover is that he's kind of a dirtbag, pot-smoking uh, folk singer. Um, but he, and so he's involved in all these things like uh, coups and getting, you know, CIA stuff overseas. Um, but his pastime is playing in, in coffee shops, and he writes these songs that are super literal songs about the operations that he's involved in which, you know, has the potential of getting him in trouble. And it's a comedy, a dark comedy, a black comedy. And it's very quiet and kind of dour and kind of depressed. It, it's very black humor, but very gentle and um, and and haunting. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's just so beautifully done. And the comedy is so, it, it's so understated and and awesome it's just awesome is, is it a 20 minute show or a half hour is it 60 how long is it i think each episode is an hour oh nice um yeah yeah there's a lot of material and it's it it is a yeah so i i i got kathy into it and she is totally hooked oh nice i'm gonna check it out we just watched um probably what is now one of my favorite movies last night called person to person oh, oh. never heard never. of it have you seen it uh, it was just amazing. It was, uh, I think, the first or second feature film by an actor or by a director named Dustin. Um, let me check. I tweeted it at him on uh, on the Twitters, and he tweeted back to me. Fun. Um, Dustin Guy Deffa. Um, person to person. Michael Sarah's in it. It's it's just a great great movie. Oh, good. It's my turn to pick tonight, so maybe I'll pick that. Yeah. McKenna and I are trading off nights. Uh, what did she pick? She picked the first pitch perfect. <laughs> That's you nice. Know, it, it, was, it was delightful. The night before, we uh, watched um, The Terminal with Tom Hanks, which is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, wait. Let me write the this down movie to watch with your family it's very it's heartwarming it's smart and sweet it's complicated but you know it's tom hanks stuck in a airport terminal huh yeah so i remember um, when it came out but i never saw it it's it's just it's it's wonderful mckenna loved it she said now it's part part of her top five oh good okay good good need material okay here's some here's some more material i uh Oh, I, I, a couple of years ago, I, for some reason, bought a um, uh, projector, uh, image projector, you're a, a movie projector, whatever you call it, and um, and a huge screen. And, uh, um, and I thought, I'm going to have movie nights in my driveway. Um, you know, Hi. people bring stuff and have, uh, I have this sort of fire pit. I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a campfire? And I still think this would be nice. In fact, we could maybe do it as a social distancing thing. Everybody sit far That'd apart be- and as this thing settles, settles down maybe a little bit. But, um, anyway, so I brought the, I, I thought, oh, let's have a movie night at, at Kathy's with all, with the kids and popcorn and all that stuff. And I'll bring a big screen and I, and which I did. And, uh, we watched, um, Ralph breaks the internet. Oh, how is that? Pixar. I just, it I is just watched awesome. Ralph breaks the internet too. It's awesome. It is so 
hilarious. It's got so much adult humor, not adult humor, but you know, humor aimed at the at the grown-ups. Yeah. It is yeah, it is just Pixar, every single Pixar thing is freaking great. Just great. Yeah. So yeah. have I a have a Pixar night sometime. They're amazing with the, how they collaborate, that Pixar universe. I've read a few articles about how the collaborative teams work together and it's really beautiful. Yeah, who's the local guy who did the guy who did up? Peter Doctor. Oh yeah, Peter Doctor. Yeah, from Apple yeah. Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our um, boy. I just introduced Oliver. I was watching him yesterday. I introduced him to the Music Man. Ooh. Um And he did not tap out right away. In fact, we watched it for quite a while, and then Stephanie told me he was singing when he got home. We got trouble. Right here in River City. So important to note that Stephanie is from Clear Lake, Iowa, which is the sort of twin town to Mason City, which is where um, Meredith Watsis Watsis is from. (laughs) And so uh, I explained to Oliver that there was some historical and uh, familial significance to to it. And uh, I, I think he actually liked it. You know, it's so if you've never heard songs like that, it's so weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My mom was, uh, <laughs> my mom, I used to make fun of her when I was a kid. I, I, I'd ask her about this all the time because she, she mentioned one time that um, when she was a kid, she just watched musicals. And, you know, musicals used to be such a bigger genre in the, you know, the 50, 40s, 50s when my mom was coming up. Um and uh, they're no longer a thing. But, you know, it used to be that when you went to the movies and you spent your nickel, you know, it was often a, a musical. And uh, and my mom loved musicals and it was a whole, you know, musical family. And so, they, you know, you go out and buy the sheet music for the thing and learn how to play the song. And, you know, I guess it's kind of like that with the like the Frozen movies and stuff now. But, um, uh, but my mom grew up thinking that when she grew up life would be like a musical (laughs) and i'm like and i said so you thought that people would be singing and dancing and stuff and and she said well yeah kind of in a way that's the way like when i when i fantasized about my future i thought that yeah i i you know it wasn't like i thought but i did kind of thing and i and i i couldn't get my head around that the whole thing (laughs) I think a lot. Now I do. Yeah, now I understand where she was coming from. The whole, her her fantasy life, life. But uh but I thought it was so absurd. Anyway, there's a little elf hole for you. That's awesome. I remember seeing um the sound of music at the Cooper where they had those big red curtains and they Oh my had god, that was a great theater. Yeah, wasn't that totally a good- great theater. And they would they would play the opening music before the curtains parted the big you know overture to some of these musicals and then then we'd all be sitting in our seats and then the lights would go down and then the red curtains would open and it would be that big um the lady with a torch who has legs that are belong to three people can't remember which mgm i guess or maybe the lion mgm is the lion anyway that 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 sense of an event Huh. So cool. Yeah, I don't remember the lady with three people's legs. No, no, just. The old- <laughs> <laughs> you know how the it old- was like the model for one of the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, but they extended her legs, you know, in that way they distort women's right. Barbie, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, do, I, I remember. Uh, before they closed that theater and tore it down, they did. I can't remember what they showed. They showed something in Panavision. Oh, wasn't it? Um, uh, what's the one in the desert with the dude? Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I went and saw I it. Yeah, yeah. That was. Yeah, I went. Yeah. Splendid. And it was crazy. Yeah, it was like going to the Omni Theater or something, or the mm-hmm. the what do they call those big theaters? The surround. Anyway, yeah, no. The old days. When we I could go to Reds the movie theater. The Cooper. Oh, great. That was the last movie I remember seeing there was Reds when I was a, a little kid. 
That's a great film. Now there's one to yeah. write down. Reds. <clears throat> yeah, it is a great film. I'm writing that down. Reds. Maybe this should be, just be a, a a sequestering recommendation show. There you go. Yeah, Reds. Yeah, that's uh, Warren Beatty, right? Mm-hmm. And Diane. Yep. Diane who? Keaton. Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. 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 I did not know Keaton. that Diane Keaton's um, name, surname growing up was Hall, and that Annie was her nickname, and that Woody Allen named Annie Hall, or was inspired to name it Annie Hall after her. Did not know that either. There's and a factoid for you. That she's got a sister named Dory, because Dory is another character in one of his, I think, um, one of his other movies. Anyway, interesting. Oh. Now, she's a filmmaker, too. Diane Keaton. Yeah. What was the film that she made? Was it about animals going to heaven, or there was some? Or I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little elf hole research here. Hey, I got a recommendation for you. Um, okay, tell me. So, um, are these? Do you know? Are these rhododendrons? Can you see? Uh, I believe those are rhododendrons. A common mistake. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I went out, uh, I've got rhododendrons or whatever this is in my hand um, uh, in front of my, my picture window in the front of my house and uh, set that down. Um, and as I sat down to uh, situate myself to start this podcast, I thought, oh, I can't really see down to the street because there's some sprigs sticking up. Um so I went out and cut off the the tall ones, which uh, I guess is a reference back to a previous conversation about uh, cutting down the tall, <laughs> the ones that stick up. But didn't we talk about that in like our first podcast? Um, yeah, it was a book or something. That yeah, Frable always. Yeah, Fra- yeah, Frable said the, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, so I cut my bush down to size and uh, um, and brought the. Um, uh, the little cuttings inside. Well, but anyway, as I was out there standing in the rhododendrons, the smell was so beautiful. Oh my God. It was just because they're starting to bud out. Um, and I would imagine it's the same way all over the city that, uh, wherever you see rhododendrons, um, they're, they're starting to bud and they and the smell is amazing. So Ooh. there's a recommendation. Go out when you go out for your, uh, your little fresh air walk. Try and find rhododendrons and push your face right into the middle. Ooh, of that that yeah, um, it's good. Film, evidently, uh, Diane Keaton has made, directed four films, um, Hanging Up, Unstrung Heroes, Wildflower, and the one I was thinking of is called Heaven, and it's a documentary film about the beliefs concerning the afterlife and heaven in particular. It's kind of, I remember watching it, very interesting. Huh. Um, oh, what the fuck? So, yeah, smelling rhododendrons, and that's a good idea, too, because it's one of the first symptoms is you lose your sense of smell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So, I got it. I still got it. Yeah. Pablo, you're, you look great in that, uh, in that light. Yeah, the dappled light. Oh, there's no Pablo sound. Where'd Pablo go? You're moving your mouth and nothing is coming out. Huh. But he looks good. Yeah, you look good. So, you know. He's got this, the Venetian blinds are uh, are beside him, and he's got these uh, lateral lines of sunlight going across his face and body. And he uh, is talking away like... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's waving his arms. Uh, I totally agree oh. with that. Theory. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Look, can you read lips, Frabes? I can't read lips. No. What What if you uh, did the sound on your phone instead of your earbuds? What? Nope. Nope. Thumbs down. We can't. We can't be Pablo Light today. Well, can he uh, hang up and call back in? There he goes. Yeah, he's disappearing. I guess you and me for the moment, uh, Frabes. Oops. Little Jones waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Sure well, this, is, this makes for scintillating radio. Uh, <laughs> how is um? How's your sleep? Uh, I've been sleeping great. Oh, good. oh yeah. There's. There he is. Now, now it's 
And now Dave's you answer. Here. All right. I, there, I did not hang up, which evidently was the right thing to do. I don't know. My question uh, can, was, is, can you hear me, Frames? Mm-hmm. I can, but mm-hmm. now both you and Davo, I cannot see you. What? I, I can't see you and I can't hear Dave. You can't hear me? Oh, now I can. Hi, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> now I can okay. see you. Okay, okay your question, Pabs. Pabs. The question was, is the Diane Keaton movie about heaven uh, have anything to do with heavenly beliefs with respect to pets or just heaven? Um, it sounds like it is just heaven in general and it's people's beliefs. I think you're thinking of a different documentary that's about um, a pet cemetery that has... No, no, you, you no. had mentioned uh, something about pets when you were talking about Diane Keaton's movies before you looked it up. So I just wasn't sure. Huh? I don't think I did, but if I did, I have no idea what it was about. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. There's another movie. Oh, Hey, uh, speaking of, uh, you guys got any, um, so what, what are your subscriptions? You're on to, uh, uh, streaming services. Too many, Dave. That's how, that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I get into my um, my subscriptions and unsubscribe from as much as I can. But I'm left over with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's me. Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, also st- those plus stars, <clears throat> which I, I just did got. stars for a while, but. Man. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, they had a, a promotional deal, like uh, 20 bucks for three months. Um, yeah. So I thought I'd give it a try. But um, yeah, and it's got uh, American Gods on there, which is great. That's why I watched it. Oh. But I watched the first season. And I was like, meh. Yeah, I liked it. I thought Did it you liked it? Yeah. Um, but then I, I started going through the, the movies and it just looked like a lot of, a ton of content, but it's all like straight to video, uh, action, adventure, uh, fantasy kind of stuff, content. I'm debating for... the Criterion. That's app. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's actually what I had in mind when I asked the question, cause it, I, yeah. this would be a good time to watch art films maybe Yeah. Uh, to delve in and be able to talk like a smart person about cinema do you ever watch um the short films because there's some great short film screening services like short film of the week um it's a channel there's documentary animation all those and really good you can get it youtube but they they really curate them well and they're short films so they're just little bites but they're really amazing. I need long films. Yeah. I need films about robots, spaceships, and time travel. Okay. (laughs) What's the the movie that has Ethan Hawke and... Gattaca. Oh, I love that film. (laughs) How about Logan's Run? Does that hold up? I mean, it's a classic. I love it. Yeah. They also made a TV show, which is terrible, but very enjoyable. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing a movie a night. One? Only one? Yeah, that's our, we're limiting all our screen time to the one showing. What the hell are you doing with all the rest of your time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, McKenna's still in college. I'm still teaching piano. And I'm still writing, so I I kind of have my regular schedule. And then we have, you know, we, we head towards the evening, do our long hike. At four o'clock, we've been hiking for like an hour, two hours. We did a three-hour hike one night. That was an accident and a little excessive, um, said my calves. Um, but yeah, we're we're trying to keep some kind of an arc of the day, so as not to go completely bonkers. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's necessary. What? So, Pops, what now? How how is your career? You're a video videographer. <laughs> my career. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's canceled, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I got a bunch of stuff in the pipeline that I'm still editing and working on for clients. And some clients want to do virtual events. So I'm still doing that. But I've had a, a number of large things sort of uh, cancel and collapse. And, um, you know, I'm, I'll am i be fine. Um, 
if everything starts up again, you know? Um, but it's, it's not pretty, you know, it's not going to be pretty. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Fraves, you haven't had any reduction in students. Everything's. I have, I have, I have a couple students whose, um, parent just couldn't see it right now. They might see it in a couple weeks. Yeah. In terms of having it be, because I'm, I'm actually really gratified and surprised to be able to continue to teach and feel like I'm actually teaching. It's not just yeah. a base holder. I can see my students. I can interact with them. I yeah. can make their adjustments and have the relationship with them. And it's, it's, it's quite beautiful because the parents are home with their kids. So I get to interact with them. I get it. I get to see their houses. Um, I get to support the families. It's kind of an event now, and the kids have a lot of time to practice, so they're playing a lot. So there's. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's actually really beautiful right now, but I did have one family that just couldn't under couldn't see it, and I kind of on ramped them clumsily. They're more of a collaborative family and would have liked to have had a couple conversations, but I really just made the fiat decision and um, informed everybody. Yeah. So how do you, do you, do you have them set up the phone on the tripod or something? No, or what it, to... It's funny because I've just done it kind of through instinct, but I have them set the phone on the piano to the left on the base, uh, you know, at the bottom of the base clef where I sit. I always sit on the left of the student. And so I can see their hands, I can see their faces, and they can see me. Hmm. Um, and it's it's an odd little presence, but it really it replicates our original relationship. And we seem to be well. I have um, I have amazing students, and most of them are have been with me for years, and the relationships are really strong. Gosh, I'm lucky. I just... Uh, so they see your little face peering at them down next to the yeah. keyboard on the left? Yeah. yeah I mean, Maybe when, when you start up with them in person again, you should yeah. put your face to, right down there next to the keyboard. Yeah, I'll just go in McKenna's bedroom and call from that room. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, I mean, uh, you know, music is so, it's such a joy. So it's a, it's nice to be able to bring some joy into the lives of my freaked out families because those those parents walking <clears throat> taking their lesson man they are flipped yeah. like and what about you dave how's the poetry business treating you uh well so it, it's too early to tell how much our business will be affected also um this is typically a slow season for us anyway but um but you know so far we we're we're still doing business. I mean, we uh, the majority of our business comes from Amazon. Yeah. Um, and magnetic poetry is a good thing to do when you're home shelter. Or what do you call it? Sheltering in place. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so it's kind of like a game or a puzzle. Um, and uh, so the optimistic side of me thinks our business will, you know, it could be unaffected or it could even be helped by this I would imagine, thing, but... Frank, that it would just skyrocket because, uh, I mean, all these folks at home sitting around the fridge, I mean, what a great thing. And I loved your um, project that you put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's today I'm going to start making poems on those things. I, I started yesterday, but I just wasn't feeling it. Um yeah, so I made, Christian is referring to a Facebook post I did about, uh, I, I ordered a bunch of frames off of Amazon, these 14 by 18 inch frames, and uh, put uh, sheet metal in the, instead of mounting a, a photo in them, I, I took out the glass and mounted sheet metal in there and just, uh, and am covering them with magnetic poetry kits, and then I'm going to hang them on the wall somewhere if I can find some wall space in my house, and uh, <laughs> and make poetry on them, uh, and post the results online. I'm just looking at your Amazon page now. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. 
Yeah, we got a lot of product. We got 150 different versions of magnetic poetry themed <clears throat> themed you versions. Know, but you have well, uh, Charles Dickens themed magnetic poetry. Yes, we do. I, I have to tell my friend Tim Mason about that because he's a Dickens um, expert and wrote his fantastic novel, which um, is called The Darwin Affair and is really about uh, Dickens and the life in England. It's, it's very cool. So I, I, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I read. Well, um, so, yeah, I, I, I went through and I guess maybe I'm still in a, a Dickens phase. I, I, I didn't read my first Dickens until mm, five years ago or less. Um, and I read Great Expectations. I just could not believe how awesome it was. It was so it, Dickens is freaking hilarious. And a great writer. Yeah, just a great, yeah. So, <laughs> so good in so many ways. Yeah. And, um, uh, um, yeah. And it, it's, you, you can, you can detect how it was serialized, kind of. There's cliffhangers every, you know, like, how, it, it, you know, it's written in chat, uh, Dickens writes in chapters. And, and those were, well, then later I read a, I think it was Anne Lamott that wrote a, a biography of Dickens. And, oh. um, uh, and he apparently, he, the, the guy was such a raconteur. He was, um, he had a big family. He was, uh, he was kind of a, a ladies man, a man about town. He would go for, he would go for these walks that would be like, he'd go for a 20 mile walk like, um, every day. And, uh, wow. yeah, he'd sleep like four hours a night and walk and he would get a lot of his ideas while walking around London. And just listen to people talk. You know, he'd he'd eavesdrop eavesdrop on people's conversations, and um, and then he'd write feverishly. And he also uh, owned a newspaper, the newspaper where he published his stuff, his work. You know, so he was kind of like a, a columnist, but he was the main columnist, the the editor in chief of this this newspaper, and. Um, and yeah, that's that's where his no, many of his novels novels first appeared. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating. He was uh, an energetic man. This is a really maybe good time to have writers serialize their stories while we're <laughs> yeah. all inside, you know, and have everything brought to us. You know, we're I was reading an article that we're novel seeking creatures and. We're highly adaptive, but the adaptability is reliant upon a change of scenery, and now we're all kind of stuck inside. So maybe, maybe it would be really appealing to people to have a serialized story that they can't get right away. Something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that sort of refers to a thing that I'm always beating my drum about, which is um, the whole thing about variety shows you know like the, some of these yeah. old forms that we've we've <laughs> set aside by the wayside like a serial you know like a serialized thing i guess we still do have serialized things because we've got you know sitcoms and whatever that are and the podcast serial <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> serial, yeah, yeah yeah um but uh um the whole format the variety show thing you know like when we were growing up we had Sonny and Cher and the Smothers Brothers and the Andy Cheryl Lynch. Cheryl Lab. Uh, yeah, every, there were a gajillion uh, variety shows yeah. um, where you'd have a, a comedian and a, a singer and a little skit and a thing and, and magic and whatever dance thing. Like, you know, Lawrence Welk kind of did that to some extent. and um, But, uh, um, you know, the... I think that that form, I really wish that, and and that's what you know. The new standards uh, Christmas show is is basically like one of those variety shows where they have mm-hmm. uh, a lot of music, but they also have a, a poetry reading and a and a dance, some dance stuff, and some blah blah blah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's really really entertaining that whole variety show thing, yeah. Because because if you go, or at least for me, I. I can't go and see a concert anymore. I of even a band that I love because after half an hour I'm bored. Mm. It's just too much of the same food, you know. I want something different. I want I'm and then I when it when they start talking, I'm like, "Oh, good, talk. 
tell us a joke or something, anything to stop the the drone (laughs) of music. Stop the beauty. (laughs) Stop the music. Hey, I have a question. Have uh, what do you guys been seeing in terms of free offerings of music online through Facebook? I mean, everybody (laughs) I know is. Everybody I know in the performing arts is streaming and podcasting and they're doing everything, just absolutely everything. And, and some of it is, is interesting and um, some of it is desperate and, and, you know, I just seen a lot of it. I want to see the desperate stuff. Well, just flip on Facebook, my friend. (laughs) And that, I don't mean that to insult them by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm just, you know, it's uh, people are going a little batty in it, and we haven't figured it out yet. So, you mean like desperate in terms of suddenly their livelihood is gone, and they are yeah. trying to figure out a way of yeah, yeah, completely, or desperate because they're locked in the house and they're used to gigging every week, and you know what I mean. And they're yeah. performers. I mean, it's it's a it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, the arts gone, socialization yeah. gone, dance dancing. Gone. I thought you know, it's, I saw you 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 were um photographing Naomi and Peter Pops. They have a yeah, so their entire everything is gone. Yeah. They're uh longtime friends who have a new baby and they just bought a house. Who are and, Naomi and Peter? So this is Uptown Swing. Oh yeah, yeah, swing Pete's drum dancers. Yeah, and all the events they perform at are canceled, and so they need to move their lessons online. And they can either record it on a cell phone or I can do it for them. And I wanted to do that. So, in fact, right now they're at the Phoenix and all my gear is over there recording them. Um, We're exercising caution and distance and wiping everything down. But um, I felt it was a suitable risk considering how much their livelihood is at stake and their well-being. Um, So... uh, yeah, hopefully they'll get something out of it that looks great and, and people will want to pay for. So is it going to be uh, videos that they can, th- yeah, then we can... Yeah, instru- instructional videos on Patreon. They have a Patreon page, and so you can... Different levels of membership. But... Hey, you should... Uh, so what's the, do you know what the website is? Well, you can find it at uptownswing.net. Okay, up, uptownswing.net. Yeah. All right. No, that, that's where I was... You know, starting my new life as a swing dancer. Before I know. Before interrupted it. So I'm excited to, uh, you know, patronize them and, and, yeah. and be part of their solution. Because I, yes. you know, it, like, who are you guys supporting? Where are you sending your money? Who are you trying to keep afloat? What What's your social network in terms of how to stay in, stay in the economic um, swirl? Well, it's it's oddball for me because I'm doing things like this for Pete and Naomi, um, but I I mean I'm looking at a huge chunk of income gone this summer, and um, I'm in a lucky enough position that I I could last the summer without it, yeah. but uh, I'm not. If things don't kick back up, it's it's real, and so yeah. um, uh, because I don't think there's other things that I could do to really recoup that income. You know, it's got to come back and it's got to come back with a vengeance. Um, and I think there's no telling what could happen over the next year. I mean, it's very likely we'll get another, um, episode in the fall. You know, I mean, there's no way to know until we get a vaccine and all that stuff. So anyway, um, I'm being mindful. Uh, there is a guy that I know that I bought a Chromebook for because, uh, we're not great friends, but we've been, I've known him a long time. He's a poet and he was on Facebook and, and he can't, he's very active on social media and he doesn't have a, any way to connect to the internet and they're closing the library. So he's screwed. So I bought him a Chromebook and I'm going to get that to him. And that's really the extent of it for me. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Kristen? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think about in my, in my community, like Mayday Cafe, or the Seward Cafe, you know, places where people are suddenly out of work who are hourly workers and, you know, don't necessarily have an option to suddenly go online with something. 
So I'm trying to just, you know, send what I can their way or um, some of the people who are doing concerts online, you know, send, send them a little love and appreciation if I'm listening to their music. I don't know, you know, I'm not a highly resourced person, but I, I, I feel this, I feel this great love of community right now and, and appreciation for the local, the locale um, that we're in, you know, Minneapolis, this is where we are, who's here, who can we help? Yeah. How do we keep some kind of flow going? You know, I'm glad to hear about Peter and Naomi. I mean, they're fantastic. And yeah, let's hope it works out. That's so great of you to, to pitch in with them, Pablo. Well, he's, you know, he's family to me, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't done anything. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> well, about the only, well, I, I, you know, I'm trying to help Kathy out as much as that counts. possible. And, yeah. that, that counts a lot. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I watched Oliver the other day. That counts. You know, Stephanie's at home working. Yeah, that's the same with Kathy. But, you know, Kathy, Kathy was lucky enough that she, her job was, she works out of her home office anyway. Yes. but still hard to manage kids. Though, yeah, when you've that. got two or, you know, three kids she's got. Um, yeah. Uh, two yeah. little ones. And, I mean, um, it's an interesting thing what's happened with um, family all of a sudden being around their people. There's a great opportunity there, but it's also, it's, it's I mean, we're, we're, we're in a highly disruptive place and I, I just hope that there's an opportunity to you know, reflect on what's useful. The, the The feedback I'm getting from parents is that their kids are so happy to be with them that they, you know, to not be in school. I personally, I'm not a big fan of the school system and having kids have to go to school. I never liked going to school. I think it's too too long. I think it's too hard. Nobody wants to be around other people that long in a structured environment. I'm not a huge fan of the, the six and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half day that children have to do in our, in our culture. So I, I, I'm hoping that we can take this moment and be thoughtful and reflective about what it is that kids really need and what we need. Yeah. 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 This is a disruption. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I I agree with you, and but I I, I, th- I think that this thing is making clear how just how much education is actually just child care. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, feeding them, care. you know, the, also, you know, getting people ready to be workers. Well, getting their parents to be workers and not have to take care of their kids too, you know, just yeah. yeah but um, yeah, making kids behave, warehousing yeah. them during the day. Yeah. And making that's a, a beautifully cynical statement, but uh, uh, <laughs> I would love to hear more of why you think that. And and are we because... lumping? Are we lumping like uh, what is it? Um, the private schools in with the public schools as well, like everything from Breck to Waldorf, whatever. There's no way you can lump those well, in together. They're, they're yeah, just, I mean, yeah, it's a, it, diverse experiences. It's it's just uh, right, but what I'm what I'm asking is if school is warehousing kids so their parents can work, is that uh, can that be said of these private schools too, or is that not can't be said? Uh, I th- I I personally think that it would go on a case by case basis. I think there are better schools that uh, and and better teachers and uh, and you know when I was a kid I. I did nothing. I didn't do, I hardly, you know, I, I think that I had such a poor educational experience. Um, and looking back, so Kathy just showed me this book that I, I, I just downloaded my Kindle. It's called lies. My teachers told me, um, have you read it? Yeah. 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 So I'm going to read that. But, uh, um, as I, I grow up, I, I just realized how, um, how little, I learned, and how how much wrong stuff I was taught uh, <laughs> in, in my education, and and just how much, you know, I I was a a 
B, an A, B, a B, I was a B plus student all the way through my educational career without mm-hmm. doing anything. I never <laughs> did homework. I never, I, I you know, I, it's occasionally when there was a special project or something, I would do homework, but I just, I, it, basically I coasted all the way through my education and it, which yeah, is maybe, not, maybe you got a B plus for being a good, clean white kid. It's, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. But you know, I just, I, I was around a, a lot of dunderheads, you know, like half my friends couldn't read when at the, in high school, you know, the, cause we'd have film strips and they, you know, like the teacher would say, um, Tim, can you uh, read this one today? And, he'd be struggling through the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, God, what is it? You know, I think that I'm, and I think that most people in, you know, education is a, is a lifelong pursuit, and we're all, to, to a great extent, autodidacts. You know, did you uh, go to school? Have, are you, how are you qualified for doing what you do, Pablo? Or did you oh, go to well. uh, the film academy of? Uh, did you go to yeah, UCLA? No, I'm completely uh, unqualified for almost everything. Yeah, right. And yet, what you do, you do I, very well. I, and, I have no qualifications. Yeah, and most people don't nowadays. And and the, you know, I, most I people know haven't that. learned. Photo, most people didn't go to uh, to I mean, college to learn Photoshop or or Illustrator or um, or any of the the things that they make their careers from nowadays. Um, anyway, and most people didn't learn, you know, I learned, yeah, I've, I've learned almost everything I know out, out of school. <laughs> I didn't learn. And, and I think that that's the case with, with most people. And I think that a lot of kids um, are learning just as much now at home as they did in school. Well, I would have <laughs> to say that I think that the most important education that public school delivers is head start and is getting people yeah 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 Yeah, that's true that yeah yeah yeah. zero to third grade you know if that's that's where the front end really counts and that's where i agree i agree we be putting our resources and public school you know well what about just the value of being around other people and learning not to be shitty to other people and how to cooperate and do things in groups. Yeah. I think that has great value. That's important. Great value. Yeah, absolutely. But, but if you're in a classroom of 36 people with one overworked underpaid person who likely can't live in the community in which they're teaching because it's too expensive. Right. And they are dealing with a range of people whose needs they can't met because special education has been cut mm-hmm. I and mean, you're not going to get a great opportunity to socialize unless you go to the bathroom. You know, that's where most of the socializing in school happens. Or on the schoolyard, you know, in the schoolyard, getting out yeah. of, the, you know, but, but of yeah. course recess has been cut so much that kids don't have yeah. the opportunity to just be free amongst themselves for the most part. In most schools, I mean, now of course there's no school, so yeah, and and I mean, the you guys think about you know, there's all this talk about going back, going back, getting back to normal, business as usual, and to me, this is um, I'm so disinterested in going back. There's yeah, I think we are going through a permanent change. Me too, and I think it for sure could possibly. I mean, think about all the people in the Senate who are old. Yeah. And who are well, it all, vulnerable. Yeah. It also depends on who dies. That's what I You I'm know saying. what I mean? That's what yeah. I think. There's a whole um, bunch of people who are vulnerable right now, and there are going to be uh, vacuums of power. And, and I think about the way that... Um, uh, did you... Did you um, oh, what's the name of that film? About the um, Star Wars, bring down the house. Old Yeller, <laughs> knock down the house. It, it's about it's about lifting up the Democratic um, candidates. It's about I don't know, getting people to the place where they can run and start to be part of public life. Kind of like the Wellstone. Um, yeah, yeah. Leadership camp did. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't remember what the name of the movie is. It's beautiful. I think it's called Knock Down the House. It's on Netflix. It's a documentary. But I think about right now, um, I hope people are, are thinking about what it is to serve in public life. Because we're going to need people to, to step into different positions. Yeah. Public service. Public service, what yeah. A con- what a concept. And, yeah, we don't talk about that a lot in our kind of artsy. Yeah, well, yeah, I, th- I think about that a lot. You know, the, the whole crowd that thinks that every politician is corrupt and and liars and and. They're yeah, just there for power and money, and and then I think about the people, especially local officials. You know, like I, you know, I met, I used to be neighbors with uh, Scott Dibble. Yeah, um, he was great. Yeah, he lived right down the street from me, and he was just he, he. I would go to neighbor. He was like the head of the neighborhood, but he was also on the city council and all the and just such a a, a nice man. He he made me want to be a better man. Every time uh, I heard yeah. from him or interacted with him, and I and you could see, this was a guy who just worked. He wasn't trying to be a power monger or, or make any. And he's live, he lives lives. I assume so still uh, modestly, and he's just working. He's a public servant. He's a hardworking, underpaid public servant. Yeah, and there are God lots bless. of those out there. And yeah, and. God, hallelujah. Yeah. God bless. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just, you know, it's funny because I, I, I feel so constrained by this situation. I, I mean, I try to say, you know, I'm trying to pitch in by supporting my students and supporting their parents and trying to pay attention to the vote, you know, how, how the election will be going forward and you know, just do the basic minimum that you do as a citizen. But I don't feel like I'm contributing in any way to the crisis in any meaningful way. And it's very frustrating. I I feel kind of, I don't know, sad about it. Yeah. Impotent? Do you feel impotent? Yes. I Please feel- don't use that word. <laughs> Placid. I feel... <laughs> In the, in the like you're underperforming. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely underperforming. Very sad. Very sad. Can't get your public service up. <laughs> well, I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm curious to see what the next month or so brings. I think we're just heading into the thick of it. Um, oh yeah. Now yeah. and uh, and that's going to precipitate some radical changes i mean even just today uh as i was walking on the streets they were empty and that's new you know um it's like a very quiet sunday um and that has not been the case people were driving around before you know what do you think about the the contrast between trump's open the country up get the churches filled by easter and like the mayor of los angeles saying the bodies are going to pile up we have to stay inside you know at least till may and maybe till june and he was just distraught and and um very well i mean the only reason not to panic people is because it might lead to more death you know what i mean and it and uh and that's why good leadership tries to keep people calm, even when a lot of people are going to die. Speaking so, of, isn't Tim Walls great? He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. man. Tim Walls is our governor here in Minnesota. Um, is it, what do you think yeah. of modeling the whole notion that we're all being, you know, studied because of our cell phone movement. I mean, basically the modeling at the university is based on the fact that they have access to. to oh yeah. That was really interesting. Yeah. That fascinating. The location data yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I had a I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Well, that's what South Korea did. Yeah. And, and, uh, and yeah. their results speak for themselves. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting what we have to give up in order for the greater good to prevail. This, this is a highly individualized country with this sense of, you know, 
what's the word entitlement to that? Yeah. That this public health crisis is really about communality. People in the hospitals are going to have to be making some very, very hard decisions. Mm. And really, you know, that old philosophical question of the one versus the many, this comes down on the side of the many. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for us, it does. For half the country, they still think of this as a hoax. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yeah. You know, I I just I was watching this uh, video this morning. <laughs> it just blows my mind about flat earthers. Oh yeah, I um, love that. In I the age uh, in the age group of eighteen to twenty four, um, only sixty six percent believe that the Earth is round. What? Wait. Wait. What? In which age group? Eighteen to twenty four. What? are you talking about yeah 18 to 24 year olds a third of them are flat earthers i don't even know i can't even hear your language it's watch so watch <laughs> watch beyond the curve on netflix really yeah i dare you well, I, did, <laughs> I did have a friend who i really think is a smart person start talking to me about the 13 families and the illuminati and then i went oh dear oh there you go oh dear well, even yeah. and, and it's as bad on the left as it is in the right. And I'm seeing all these people in my yeah. hippie circles still you know, touting all these things, these fucking snake oil shit, disinformation, bullshit stuff yeah. about. Uh, oh my goodness! My goodness! I'm like, where are you? Stop! Stop with the arnica! Fuck! Yeah, arnica. I don't know that one. What is that? Uh. A ball bomb or something? I don't know what the fuck it is. It's a, some shit that you've and and uh, it's just topical, is from what I understand. It's yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just bull, you know bullshit. Uh, Neutral. Yeah. What do you guys think about the the twelve hundred dollar check? You know, England is paying eighty percent of people's salary. Denmark is paying seventy five percent of people's salary. Canada is sending everybody two thousand dollars a month, and the United States has cut a check for twelve hundred dollars for some people if they filed their taxes. You know, yeah, excluding one the time, yeah, gads of homeless people who could actually use that money, yeah. This is, I mean, it's, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I mean, this, this is the, why the bill was delayed, because Democrats were f fighting for more stuff for the people. And, you know, how, how long do you keep that fight going with Mitch McConnell in there? I mean, the truth is the people that have a lot, and that's a very small percentage of people, but the people that have a lot, uh, they're now realizing that they could lose it all uh, if the plebeians go under, <laughs> plebeians being the rest of us. And so they're going to do the bare minimum to keep the machine going. And maybe they'll do it right and maybe they'll do it wrong. And if they don't do it right, that's that, that'll be the end of it. You know? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's uh hard times. I just got a pop-up that said that the bill is de being delayed by a Republican. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some, uh, I thought it passed. I thought it hasn't completely no, passed. No, it was supposed to be signed today, and now there's a Republican holding it up because he's insisting on a recorded vote, whatever that is. Um, hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's... Good times. It's yeah, it's real good times. Paul. I keep telling McKenna, let's just stay human. Let's yeah. leave to our values. Stay kind. Flacco is really worried about uh, about the guns coming out. Yeah, Flacco. Well, if, Flacco yeah, is guns my friend in Berlin. Not essential. You know, that was a conversation in California. People wanted to keep the gun stores open, and, and I believe the governor said, no, they are not an essential industry. Well, I think in um, – I know in, in some of these uh, states that's not the case. Yeah, I that's think, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Red states will still be considered essential. Yeah. Huh.
Well, okay, so crazy times, guys. It is. Yeah. It is. What, it is what it is. Nice seeing That's you what guys. they say. Yeah, good to it see nice you. It was nice eating my oatmeal in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it would be nice to uh, figure out a way of doing this as a video uh, podcast at some point. Sure. Yeah, or... I'm, I have ordered um, um, a little switcher, and once that comes in, I can record. Um, I can record this. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? What I it would be fun to figure out too how to uh, do it as a uh, you know because I see people who've got really good broadcast uh, uh, audio coming from separate locations. I I wonder yeah. how how they do that, but yeah, because. Our, our many listeners don't have to listen to all this minutia and uh, technical technical stuff about our super yeah. high tech podcast. So, I'm. Uh, do, does anybody listen to this? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like you know once in a while I'll try and listen to something and then I turn it off uh, because it's a exercise and how can I continue you know to do it? To <laughs> 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 <Do> it. <laughs> yeah. Because. Um, you know, it's a, it's 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 challenging to. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel that, but I stopped listening. Yeah, that's smart. I think that's what I'll do too. Because I'm just I, enjoying it. I yeah. just, you know, we started this because we enjoy each other's company, and I, I I listen to it, and I just get super judgy of my ignoramus self. <laughs> if we all live through this thing, it'll be fun to listen to these things in like five years. That's, that's true. God bless. Yeah. Yeah. You remember before Dave was placed in a giant robot body and sent to Mars to <laughs> harvest mushrooms? On a spaceship, and then I traveled yeah. back in time and, and yeah. erased this from history? That's right. That's There's right. a great article about people who had to do like a four-month, um, this is what it's like in space, and with great sure. about what to do. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys. All right, XOXO. Oh. Love you guys. Love you guys. We'll see you next Friday, if not sooner.